Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week, we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. talking about a reason for hope that's the message that i've been working on for uh we've taken some breaks because of things coming up and thanksgiving service and all that but we're in first peter chapter one and peter here takes an opportunity just to put it in context he's addressing a church that's going through a lot of stuff and some of them are thinking if if we're going through tribulation then maybe we miss the rapture that's one of the thoughts. But that's not necessarily what the Bible teaches. It teaches us that we may have to go through some things on this earth. But it, he's reassuring them and giving them a reason for hope. As I have shared every one of these, these uh, Sundays that I've talked about this message, we are uh, fast approaching a time when people have no hope. And we are the people of hope. As I have said often, and you probably get tired of hearing it, but you're going to hear it some more. We're the good news people. <laughs> Amen. We're not the bad news people. We shouldn't be going around just relating all the bad news that's happened. We ought to be the ones that are carrying the good news, the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. That's really and truly the only good news there is. Amen. It's our job to carry it out there. So, so what we're looking at, is uh and i won't go back through it all if you've missed these messages zach will have them up on uh, uh youtube i'm not youtube the podcast on facebook uh fwc beaumont you can catch it there but otherwise uh it'll probably be a couple of weeks we've run up on some services thanksgiving service won't be podcast and that kind of thing it was more of a testimony service kind of a uh, family deal, so we don't podcast those, but uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, we'll get into the first one, so go catch them if you, if you want to catch up on them, so I'm not going to re-preach them, but basically what we're running into, the, the thing that was the catalyst, the spark behind this message was, I read several articles uh, over a, a period of weeks that talked about how the generations that are coming up now are a hopeless generation. fact is, the millennial generation those born around 2000, uh, they're coming into adulthood now. Uh, a lot of people are referred to them as the hopeless generation. Uh, suicide rate among that particular generation is far, far, far higher, about 25% higher than any previous generation. That's troubling. Amen? That's, that's people with no hope. And ultimately, again, it's our job to to talk about hope. It's our job to express our hope and how we live. And that's what Peter's talking about here in 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to kind of go through it instead of just reading it. It is a fairly long portion of Scripture. I'm going to just recap as we go through this. Um, but first of all, the reason for hope is we have a conquering Savior. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. And therefore, his promise to us is because he did and the same Holy Spirit that dwelt within him dwells within us, then one day we too are over, going to overcome death. Amen? Amen. And 
you know, here's the thing. Jesus Christ is not dead. He's alive. Fact is, I can guarantee this, he ain't even feeling bad today. Amen? <laughs> so ultimately, because he guaranteed us the, the, the same victory, oh, grave, where is thy victory? Death, where is your sting? It does not have a hold on us. Ain't no grave going to hold me down. Amen? And one day, whether it's by way of the grave or by way of the rapture, we are going to be with him. It tells us in 1 Thessalonians that one day, probably unsuspecting that, we're going to hear the trumpet of God. We're going to hear the shout of the angels. And he is going to come back. And he is going to, first of all, raise those up who have gone on before. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. That's our hope. Paul refers to it as our blessed hope. And so one day we're going to get out of here. What an awesome time that's going to be. Somebody say amen. We have a certain inheritance. It tells us in uh, verses, uh, the last of three and the end of four and five, says, now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept reserved in heaven for you, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And th uh, through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on that day for everyone to see. You've got a reservation. It's in your name. Amen. And it's waiting on you. It's not going to change over time. It doesn't matter if it's today when you go and see it or if it's 100 years from now. Amen? It's reserved. Got your name on it. That ought to give you a thrill to know that God has planned ahead. Jesus, in John chapter 14, he said, I go and prepare a place for you. As I say often, I said it last week, he didn't say I'm going to uh, uh, make a place for y'all. That would be a group thing. Amen? And it'd have to please me, and it'd have to please Ronnie, and it'd have to please Bobby and Cody. And, but he said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions or many rooms. There's always an argument about what that is. Hey, I don't care if it's a room. I don't care if it's a mansion. I don't care if it's a little log cabin. Amen? If it's going to be in heaven and near Jesus, I'm going to be happy with it because he prepared it for me and he prepared it for you. So ultimately, we have this certain inheritance. It is waiting for you up there. Amen? We have a comforting promise. That's verses 6 and 7. So be truly glad. It is a wonderful, there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you may have to endure trials, uh, many trials for a little while. Guess what? This life is short in the scheme of eternity. We're here for 70, 75, 80, 90. Do I hear 100? Do I hear 100? <laughs> As I've said, you've heard me say it before. My goal, my, my request to the Lord is I'm going to live to be 100 and run out of mind, body, and money all on the same day. Amen. I don't want to be here without my mind. I don't want to be here with a body that doesn't cooperate and do what, it, what I want it to. And I certainly don't want to be without a little something, something to do something with. Amen. So ultimately, I, I, I want to live to be 100, want to live to, to be that age and run out of mind, body, and money the same day. Maybe even a little bit to give to my kids whenever I'm gone. And let me check. They're not here this morning, so I'm okay. All right. So, <laughs> uh, so this is the thing. That promise is that one day we're going to get out of here. And even though we have those trials, 
In verse 7, it goes on and says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. In other words, when we're going through tough times, it doesn't mean that God has forsaken us. It didn't mean that God has given up on us. It just simply means that if we'll keep and stick to it and not give up, the only way that the devil can ever defeat us is if we give up. Amen? And so it says that these, these uh, trials show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so that when your faith remains strong through many trials, it'll bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Again, last week, and I had one of our teenagers come up and say, boy, I bet there's no other church around that talks about big butts in their sermon this morning. Because I ask you, how big was your butt? Because the Lord says this in the Old Testament. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. In John's gospel, Jesus says this, in this world you'll have tribulations, but... Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, and therefore the, the inference there is because he's overcome the world, we're going to overcome the world. So my question again, how big is your butt? If our butt's small, then guess what? We may have a hard time with the afflictions and with the tribulations, but if our butt's great big, just like a conjunction does, it erases everything that's in front of it. So what are we left with? The Lord's going to deliver you out of them all, and be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So that's what we're left with. How big is your butt? So again, one of our teenagers said that, and I said, I thought, well, you know, at least they were listening. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so that brings us to the finalization of this message, and that is uh, point number four. We have a confident expectation, and our expectation is expressed here in First Peter chapter one, verse eight and nine. You love him even though we have never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory is how it's expressed in the, in the King James and the New King James. He says it is, it is, we rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. And the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. And back up to, to verse 3. We live now with great expectation. See, here's the thing. Sometimes we, our, our expector gets broke. And here, here, this is where I want to get serious just for a minute. If you look at kids, kids are, the, are, 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 in essence, the definition of hope. Kids are so resilient. Even under some of the worst circumstances, sometimes they just express a hope that's, that to us is, is just baffling. But you look at kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a policeman. I, I, you know, all these things. Not one of them says, I, I've asked a lot of kids through the years, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they always, you know, give something awesome, ballerina, whatever it is. Not one of them says, I want to be a drug addict. Not one of them says, I want to be the biggest loser around. Not one of them says, I want to be a, a bum. It's hope. And sometimes life comes in and just starts pounding. And we end up being the very thing that we never thought we would be. Never thought that we had the propensity to become. 
And, and April, I just thought of the lady that you were talking about a few weeks ago, your friend that you grew up with that you didn't even recognize her. No way in the world she would have said, yeah, that's what I want to be. Problem with drugs, living on the streets. Nobody ever says that. And so what we've got to do is realize that that hope, that expectation is something that the Lord puts within us. Uh, an expectancy, I think, is the better way to, to, to say it. In fact, as you've heard me before, be careful with your expectations. Have an expectancy. Because expectations is, this is the situation and this is the outcome that I am expecting. Expectancy is, here's the situation, and I don't really know how all this is going to work out. I don't know what the end result of this is going to be. Maybe it's the biggest mess you've ever been in in your life. Maybe you're in a, in, in a hole uh, uh, emotionally, spiritually, financially, whatever it is, and you just simply say, this is the biggest mess I've ever seen in my life, and I have no idea how this is going to work out. But, back to the point before, the Lord's going to deliver me out of this. This, this world is a mess. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the, the television and watch a little bit of news to know that this world is in a mess. I mean, are, are you kidding me? All the stuff that's going on, I mean, it's enough to drive you crazy. And I don't know how all this is going to work out, and I don't, know, I don't know one thing from the next as far as what's in the order. You know, people ask me all the time as a pastor, how close is the Lord to coming back? Pretty close. And it's a sure thing it's closer than it was yesterday. Amen? I, I, I don't know. I can't project the time. And I, and I wouldn't even if I felt like I had one. Why? Because I remember talking to the pastor who uh, is pastor in North Little Rock, Arkansas. And the guy in his church was the one that wrote 1988 Reasons the Lord's Coming Back in 1988. He said, how would you like to be that guy's pastor? <laughs> he doesn't give us the time. He doesn't give us the day, but that we can look around us and we can see this thing is in a mess. But ultimately, if, our, if we've got our expector working, then we realize that every little thing fits together into God's plan. And one thing happens and it puts us one step closer and another day goes by and that puts us one day closer. And ultimately, what I've got to do is get my eyes off of this mess and put my eyes on him. And, and if we will keep our expectancy alive and not let it get beat down by life, and if we will begin to look and, and, and see that the things that he has planned for us is that joy unspeakable and full of glory. What is Peter saying there? It is so awesome, we can't even describe it. It's going to be joy so much that you can't say joy enough. Amen? I mean, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That's not enough. Amen? You could sing it forever. It wouldn't describe what we're looking forward to. I mean, can you imagine that day when we get out of here and there's no more worrying about, well, it's the first of the month and I've got to pay my bills, or it's the 15th of the month and I owe the second half of the month, or I've got this problem, my car's broke down, my refrigerator quit working, the stove's not working right. All these things that encumber us in this earth and in this life are going to be over. Amen? And it's going to be nothing but joy and love and peace, so much so that Peter says we can't even describe it. It's, it's unexpressible. And when we get our eyes on that, 
I mean, sometimes I'll get down in the mouth and I just get to thinking about how awesome it's going to be. And I, I just dare to let my expector work. Amen. To get that expectancy that one day, is today the day? It might be. Hallelujah. I mean, it puts us in the mindset that John, even so, Lord, come quickly. He knew the world was in a mess, and he knew that it wasn't going to get fixed right away. But even so, Lord, come quickly. Amen. Going to be an awesome day. And then we have a clearer view. And this is one of those verses that we could ponder over and over and over again. It is so deep and so wide. And he tells us this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 and 12. This salvation, talking about the one that he was talking about in the, in the verses, that one day we're going to, if we'll trust him, we're going to see the salvation of our souls. This salvation was something that even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you? For them, no, not so much for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering, about his great glory afterward. And they were told that their message was not for themselves but for you. Can you imagine? I mean, wouldn't you just feel like the little left-out messenger boy? I got a message for everybody. One day, there's going to be a Savior that's going to come, and he's going to die to pay for the price of sin that we've all been infected with. That's what Isaiah calls it. He says, we have been infected with sin. It's passed down from generation to generation. Ever since Adam, we have been infected with sin. We could be born on an island, a, a desert island with nobody else around, and we would still be guilty of sin by association. Infected with it. And I write to you about a message that, hey, sometime, some, some place down the line, there's going to be a Savior that's going to come, and he's going to pay for that penalty of sin. What is that penalty? The wages of sin is death. Somebody's going to die for you. Set you free. And you know they had to be thinking, well, what about me? How's it going to work out for me? But yet it tells us that through the Spirit they were reassured that this message wasn't for them. It was for somebody else. It was for us. Right now. Right here. Whew. I'm telling you, you could ponder on that one for a long time. And so it says that their message was not for themselves but for you. And now this good news, this gospel has been announced to you by those who preached it and the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are standing on their tippy toes, looking over the edge of heaven and wanting to see down here and see what it's going to be like. Amen? This is a day and a time that we live in that, that is like no other. You've heard me talk about this a lot lately. We're definitely in a postmodern society, and that simply means that everybody questions everything. There is no rock solid. There is no subjective or objective truth. It's just truth to me or it's truth to you. And so ultimately it comes down to this. 
we know what this word says is true. Can we prove it? Yeah, kind of, sort of, by the word itself. But ultimately, it comes down to our lives in this day and this time are, are going to speak louder than words. If people out here are looking for hope and they're hungry for hope and their expector is broken and you may be right beside them going through the same situation that they are and your expector is working and your hope is rising and all of a sudden you get your eyes off all this stuff that's going on on this earth and you begin to to get excited about what God has already prepared for you long ago before the foundation of the world. He knew whose whose names were going to be written in the Lamb's book of life. And all of a sudden, you begin to get excited about that, and you begin to let hope arise within you, and they begin to see that expectancy that's within you. Guess what? That's going to be our opportunity to reach this world. Amen? To let them begin to see that, hey, this this is temporary. This is short. This is, as I've said, James says it's like a vapor. My thing is, it's like a morning fog in southeast Texas. How many of you got up this morning? It was really foggy. Yeah, okay, where is it now? It's gone. Okay, that's, that's this life in comparison to eternity. So why do we get bothered? Why do we get down? Why do we get bent out of shape about all this stuff when we got something else to be looking at? We've got a reason for hope. Amen? Every day, Regardless of our situation, regardless of our, of our place in life, we've got a reason for hope, and what we've got to do is let hope arise within us and begin to let the world see what it does in us. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for this message. Through, through Peter, the apostle Peter, Lord, he wrote it to us. He wrote it all those years ago, and he probably himself knew that it wasn't for him as much as it was for us. And I thank you that you gave the unction through the power of the Holy Spirit for him to write it because some of us need it today. Some of us in the last few weeks, we have needed a reason for hope. And so, Lord, I pray that you would let hope arise in our hearts.